Hello everybody, welcome to episode 5 of the AI Don't Understand podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the supernatural, that's that's the subject for the day, the supernatural. Joining me is... I'm Mint Luna Nix. Uh, I'm a deer. I'm Raven. Uh, I'm a zombie that chose to not bite people. We appreciate your sacrifice. Thank you. I'm really hungry. <laughs> All right. So, today, what we're going to do when talking about the supernatural is, if you have any stories, we're going to go one by one and have you share them. I'm also going to be sharing some stories. Then if we run out of stories, or we reach the allotted amount of time, we then either will be ending when it reaches the allotted time, or I will try to come up with questions and pull them out of my fluff. Okay, who has a story to start with? Um, I have a funny one to start with. I have a few, but I'm going to start with like a funny one. So I'm pretty sure I have a psychic ability. Um, whenever I have a really strong uh, hunger craving, and if I choose to ignore it, um, eventually the food that I am craving will be delivered to my house for free. Uh, it's happened twice. One time, uh, it, it was at the beginning of the pandemic, so like a year and a half ago. Uh, I really wanted pizza, but we had just bought like two months worth of groceries because we planned on just holing up. And um, <laughs> suddenly, like, we get a knock on the door, and I was like, did we order something? And my housemates were like, no, and we check, and then there's a pizza. And I was like, what is going on right now? And it turns out that somebody had accidentally ordered a pizza to our address, but they were really chill about it, so I got some of it for free. And then yesterday, was it yesterday? Time is an enigma, an illusion. But anyways, my I really wanted some chocolate. And I was like, nah, bro, I'm too powerful. I don't need chocolate. And then my sister showed up with four whole entire lava cakes. So that oh, wow. is how. Yeah. So I was like, that's my um, that's my psychic ability. That's the is most convenient psychic ability ever. <laughs> is it normal for deers to eat cake made out of lava? Um, no, not really. <laughs> oh, is this some sort of superpower that you also have? Um, well, if you want to be really technical, um, I'm actually a mint plant possessing a deer body. Um, because of the war going on in my home valley, I was just like of getting drenched in blood so I uh, found a fallen soldier and I just decided to like take him over so I could walk out of there so I'm not really like 100% deer I'm taking notes I also usually get stumped by the question of is drinking a mojito cannibalism are mojitos made out of mint yes why are they called <laughs> Mintitos? That's a good question. We're going to have to run that one by the council. 
Fair. Raven, do you have any stories? I have a few, but they're not like funny stories. They're more like, oh my god, that happened stories. Go so, for it. I'm excited. Before your boy became a zombie, he used to be a paranormal investigator. Uh, I've investigated a few places. Um, I got some really wild stories, but I'll start with, that, uh, with a simple story. And we can get into the other ones later if we have time. Um, hmm. The first place I ever investigated was uh, this place, which I will not name, but I will give you a kind of like what it is kind of thing. So I don't dox myself because that would really suck. Uh, it is an old terminal. And they did tours uh, for people. And the the group I was a part of, um, they were in charge of doing tours there for like paranormal historical stuff and whatever. And uh, you can pay, uh, I think it was like maybe a hundred, two hundred, three hundred dollars, something like that, for a private tour. And you would be able to like investigate for the entire night. You'd get from twelve a.m. to uh, I think like six a.m. something like that, and. We had a tour there, and it was one of the private tours, and if you can picture this terminal in your head, you had the concourse, which is the technical first floor, but it's not called the first floor, it's just called the concourse. And then you have the second floor, which is the first floor, and then so forth and so forth. So, like, if it's the second floor, it's actually the first, third's the second, and it's weird. Uh, we're on the third floor, which is the second floor, and in this third floor, it's, like, a gutted out, like, office area. Like, there's, like, a bunch of offices... And there's this really long hallway that's like, I want to say, it was like 20 to 30 feet long. It was a really long hallway. And on the sides of the hallway were the offices, but they took the walls out. So it's just like this big empty space now, except for where the hallway is. Now, we're at the far end of this hallway telling the, 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 the group like, hey, this is what's happened here with the ghost and what, what really is going on in here and all this stuff. And we're saying, like, if you call this kid's name, I think it was, like, Timmy or Tommy or something like that, some really generic name. Um, we tell him about it. Or, like, if you call his name, he'll play with the ball that's on the floor. And sometimes some weird stuff happens. And we had this old lady there. She had to be, like, I want to say 45, 50 maybe, maybe 55, kind of around that age. And she was one of those people who were, like, heavy skeptics. Like, I don't believe this is just, like, for you to get our money kind of thing, you know? Yeah. We're, we're sitting there, we're telling her, like, ma'am, please, please, if you don't believe in it, that's fine, but, like, for the safety of our, our other guests, please do not insult the spirits. They can get mm. aggressive. And she's just going at it, and we have to, like, escort her out. And as we're walking her down the hallway, we're halfway down the hallway, you just see this, like, 15 feet in front of us, this ball of light just flash in front of us, and then jut, just, like, What's the word? Jut? Is it? Is it jut? Is it when it it zips right into another another area? It's jut, right? It no, that's not the word. But like it, jolt? It yeah, kind of. Like zips right into like the, the room next to it and just disappears. And the thing with that room is that doorway that it went into is the only way in there. There's no other way out. So you go in that door, you have to come out that door. We go into that room, we look in there. There's nothing. There's no windows. There's no other doors. Oh nothing. God. It's just gone. She looks at us. And I've never seen a skeptic flip so fast in my <laughs> life. She she looks at us and just says, I would like to stay, if you don't mind. Oh, yeah, that's fair. We walked her back to the group, and she agreed to not cause any more problems. 
but that's like on the lighter end of like the stuff I've had happen to me. Um, mm-hmm. we could talk about more stuff later if you have time, if you want. Yeah, that's so cool. Mm. Would you guys like to hear one of my stories? I would love yes. to. Okay, I have a couple of stories. Um, some more interesting than others. Uh, let's see. Hmm. So, I'm going to be adding some sound effects to mine. I hope that's okay. Yes. Okay. So, let's see. Huh. So, mine starts off. Um, me, a, a, uh, at the time, a, uh, I think I was in middle school or something, you know, um, let's, let's get some ambience. So, uh, it's a late night. I'm only, you know, maybe 11, 12. And it's in the middle of the night, and I get woken up by something. And so I'm just kind of like, okay, wonder what it is. It sounds like someone is trying to open the front door. Mind you, my room is uh, on the other side of the wall that is right there by the front door. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe someone's drunk and trying to get in. Or maybe my sister was out late or something with friends. So, I uh, try to get back to sleep until I hear the door open. So, mind you, it's midnight. So my sister and dad both should be asleep. Everyone should be in bed. And then I hear some some distant... uh, some distant, like, walking, you know? Like, it's it's very quiet at first, and uh, I can barely make it out. And uh, so I'm like, okay, you know, like, this is, this is getting pretty creepy. You know, like, I don't, I don't think uh, my sister and my dad must be, like, they're still asleep, so who could this be? And then it starts to get louder. And it's coming down the hallway towards my room. And at this point, I'm uh I'm kind of I'm kind of flipping my shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, there's someone in the house. And so I get out of my bed and I climb under my bed and hide. Um and then suddenly there's a knock at my door, and I'm scared. Like my door doesn't have a lock, so I'm scared. They could just they could just open it if they want to. But then another knock, and it just keeps going and going and going and getting louder and louder and louder. I sit there for eventually, after about five minutes or so, it stops. Just dead silence. And then after 30 minutes of just hiding under my bed, I get the confidence 
to run out of my room across the hall into my dad's room and I tell him the story. He didn't hear anything. He was still sleeping. In the morning when I talked to my sister, she didn't hear anything either. She was sleeping too. The door, the front door, completely still locked. There was no evidence anyone was in the house. To this Bruh. day, this is something that has absolutely just horrified me. All right. Oh, That's my story. Who wants That's to go true. next? I'm trying to think of all the stories I have. Um... Um, I stayed in a haunted dorm for a year. Hmm. So, I, I went to a, um, a religious school for a bit, um, mm -hmm. when I was a, a young fawn, <laughs> when I was a, I I do have um some memories from uh the fawn soldier so I I get confused sometimes it's it's my memory because I took the body but anyways mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so when I was a young fawn um I went to this religious school and uh I stayed in one of the buildings there on the campus and um, I was told that my room was the most haunted, but no one could ever say why. Um, they just said that uh, I had to be careful. Um, and I was skeptical at first. I was like, oh, okay, you know, <laughs> haunted. Um, and as time went by, I realized that every night at about 11.30, I would hear what sounded like keys in my door and then creaking across the floor like someone might have been walking towards the window. Mm -hmm. And you could feel like a chill in the air whenever this happened and then nothing. It would just disappear. And... Occasionally, there were um, some unique uh, happenings. One time, um, a box, like a big box, fell off a shelf. And I had my friend in the room at the time. She saw it. And she was like, did you do that? And I was like, no, I, I was here. You saw the me. <laughs> um, and then I went back to that campus. Um, for athletic training the next summer and someone else was staying in the room that I had and the locks on these doors were like old I mean they were old <laughs> locks you know those those chunky ones mm -hmm. and the so you could only lock them either by using a key from the outside or uh, the lock manually on the inside and the girl who was staying in that room left for a while she was skeptical she didn't believe that it was haunted 
And when, um, when she came back, she realized that she didn't have her keys on her. Uh, she had left them in her room and she was like, okay, you know, obviously she should be able to just open the door and go in because nobody had the keys outside the room, but the door was locked. Hmm. So they had to call someone to come and, uh, well, unlock it. Uh, nobody else had a key in that building. And the only key to the door was locked inside the room. Very spooky. What that reminds me of. You know that? I don't know if you guys remember this video that came out. Uh, I want to say it was like 2016, maybe earlier, later than that. There was a hotel that um, something very similar happened in. Um, not too similar. Like it was much worse. Uh, it was a room where they were hearing screaming in, like someone was being murdered. Oh, and no. um, the thing is, nobody was staying in that room, supposedly. And I think I remember this. So you know what I'm talking about. So like, this, the, this, they call the security guard, and the security guard's like, okay, I'll go check it out. And um, they send him up, and he calls in, he goes, hey, the, the room's locked, I, we need somebody to come in to unlock it or whatever. So they come in, they unlock it, and they walk in, right? Mm-hmm. And they say when they walk in that, uh, well, they get to the room, they go, I can hear the screaming, but the door's locked. Can you somebody come up and un- unlock it for us? Uh, they go in, there's nobody in the room. The furniture's all tossed around. The um, the rug's, like, dis- like, destroyed, I guess. The shower's on. And you could see something leave the room as they enter the room. And he's like, I don't see anything, but the room's destroyed. We're going to call the cops. It was, like, mm-hmm. the craziest thing I've seen in terms of, like, what might possibly be, like, real but not, like, over-exaggerated. Because you see a lot of videos on the internet and they're exaggerated to an ex- extreme extent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, story-wise, though, I, I do have one that might be interesting. So, um, when you're a paranormal investigator... You're usually taken somewhere that is relatively, when you're beginning out, you're taking somewhere that's relatively easy to, to investigate. You know, for a first time investigator, they're not going to put you in like some really crazy building or, you know, somewhere where a lot of spirits might be normally. Mm-hmm. Well, the first time I went, I went with my, uh, the college that I was in the time, uh, paranormal group. There was like one of those like offshoot college ones where like just a bunch of kids doing whatever they could. Um, and we decided to go to one of the most notorious haunted cemeteries in the area that I went to college in. Um, the worst mistake we've ever made. Oh my gosh. We get into this place and the only way to get in is to hop the fence. Right out the gate, we're breaking the law. We hop the fence. (laughs) Literally, as a paranormal investigator, you will end up breaking the law at least once or twice to get into places to investigate. Uh, so we jump the fence, we get in, and uh, we're not even in for like 20 minutes, and we're already getting things on the uh, K2 meter, um, EMF meter, uh, I guess K2 and EMF are two, are two different things, but they're pretty much the same thing. Um, temperatures are dropping, things like that, some, some normal stuff that you would expect to see. Nothing crazy, just yet. Um, 
we get in there and we're told by a guy who had been there already to avoid this one grave that was made out of like I think it was pewter or obsidian. It was some some like something that was really expensive that you would get for like somebody who meant a lot to you. Like you wouldn't just get like a normal headstone for them. Mm-hmm. We were told to avoid it. Well, throughout the night we're just hearing like voices talking to us. We're seeing figures in the dark. Things that were like we're just saying like, oh, it's uh, it's just our eyes playing with us. Dark out. You know, there's no lights here. It's just our eyes, right? Oh, we completely forget about this whole like avoid this obsidian pewter gravestone thing, right? And we see it, we go to it, and we're like, this is cool. Let's sit here and investigate. And we're sitting there and we're investigating it and we're asking questions like you normally would. We have a spare box out asking questions. And if I remember correctly, if you can picture this in your head, uh, you have this this like this gravestone that looks like it's kind of like just like cut out real real fast with the the thing or the tool so it looks kind of like rough but like elegant rough and to the mm-hmm. left of it um is i want to say it was a kid's grave because it was really small and it had a little pinwheel in it you know like you, would, you wouldn't put that for you wouldn't put a pinwheel for an adult you know mm-hmm. had a little pinwheel and this thing is spinning like crazy <gasps> there's no wind going on this thing's just spinning like crazy so we go over to it we stop it and um we're taking measurements with our tool, our, our devices, trying to see if like something's going on here. We turn our backs to this uh, the, the obsidian grave, and we're like, okay, we're not getting anything over here. Let's turn around. Let's go back to the obsidian one. Let's start asking more questions. We turn around, and clear as day, there is this like, I want to say six foot two, six foot tall, just figure standing in front of this grave. It's like like. You got this like a te- when you looked at this thing. You got this like intense feeling of like you shouldn't be there, but also like combined with like um fear. sorrow and like malice. Not That's not so much fear. Like like you were like like yeah, we were scared because obviously but, like like it was more like how do, how do I describe it? Like you ever like as a kid do something and you see the cops coming, you're just like oh no. I should be yeah. here. That kind of feeling. But like, times ten. Yeah, you ran into a demon. We're, stand- we're, we're standing there, right? And we're all like, we should leave. But we couldn't move. We're just like, Stop we need to leave. We're just, like, there's nothing holding us there. Like, we want, like, like, you, you hear a lot of people saying, like, oh, we were, like, cemented by, like, some force. Like, no, mm-hmm. we just were dumb kids. Like, we were young adults. Just staring at the thing, like we needed answers because we knew if we left, we would we would be like, we would be haunted by this for like who knows how long. Mm-hmm. So we're sitting yeah. there staring at this thing. It's got no features. It's just all black. It just looks at us, and then points, and then just vanishes. Oh my god! We gathered our tools and left. That's the craziest story I have from. When I was like, like a, not a teen, but not a like, not a full adult yet. Like between the age of like eighteen and twenty five ish, you know what I mean? Something like that. Like a young adult. Yeah, pretty much. It was so like, and the dumb thing is, we went back the second night, the night after we went back. I'm oh really, my god! Why? I don't <laughs> know. I'm realizing how stupid we were now. 
hey, now that we survived Camp Crystal Lake, how about we go back? No way Jason could be there a second night. <laughs> no, straight up, it was... We got we got recordings, we, we saw figures, we have EVPs. I remember we got an EVP of an obvious little kid saying it wants to go home. Like, I'm sorry. I don't deal with kids very well, and I'm an uncle. So, like, if I ever hear a kid say, I want to go home, and there's no kids around me, I'm out. <laughs> Gone. <laughs> I have my own theory about that place now. It was so nuts. You know what the funny thing is about this, though? Hmm. I lost my wallet. Right? Oh. I lost my wallet. The same day we went to this place, right? And I knew it had, I had it on me, because I don't go anywhere without my wallet. Mm-hmm. So I had to have lost it at the, uh, the cemetery because it was on like a chain. By a demon. I made the same joke, by the way, but with like a ghost to my friends, and I'm like, it was on a chain, so it was like one of those chain wallets. Mm-hmm. So how I lost it is beyond me. We get back to the dorms, and like a week later, we find it in one of the dorm couches. There's no way it could have been there. Weird. That happened to me with a, a Furby once. Fuck Furbies. Oh my god. <laughs> those things those things are a paranormal episode in themselves. Holy crap. I will investigate ghosts. I will investigate things that go bump at the night. Not Furbies. You can keep that and not stay away. <laughs> I had a Furby that a friend of mine gave to me and I... Um, it started freaking me out a little bit, so I would just like put it in the closet and it kept showing up back on my dresser. And I was like, you know, maybe like someone in the family is putting it there, whatever. Uh, so I put it at the bottom of the laundry basket and it showed up again. And then I put it, um, I just threw it away. I think I just threw it away after that. And then it, showed up under my pillow. Oh, no. And I was like, That's scary. <laughs> I ripped it up. I took the skin off the Furby until it was a mechanic husk. And worse. It, I was hoping that it wouldn't come for my soul after that. <laughs> you took a toy. You played it. <laughs> you took a toy that was terrifying to begin with and just like, <laughs> hey, let me just remove your skin and make you worse. <laughs> Let's just make you Furby Terminator. Furminator. Fur, wait, Furminator. Do you guys remember oh. when um, the Furbies first came out and they had that that glitch that was going on where they would sound really menacing? Mm-hmm. Yes. They, they 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 there's rumors that they said that like it was something with the coding or whatever in like the software for them, but there's like no. Uh, definitive answer on what actually caused them to do that. They have really no idea. I'm pretty sure they're j- just actually made by some sort of evil entity. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember this one time as a kid. I had a Furby. Yeah, I know, a mistake. Anyway, um, <clears throat> middle of the night, as things do, it turns on by itself and starts talking. So I get scared, and I turn it off. And try to go back to sleep. Then it turns back on and starts talking again. And then I get horrified, so I scream. 
my parents come in and they take the batteries out and then it stops for a bit and then it starts to laugh and <gasps> I pick that thing up and I throw it at the wall as hard as I can. Yeet. So I can yeah. explain I can explain why that happens. Even though you need batteries for the Furbies, some of the Furbies, like I think the later generation, uh, I think like the second or third generation, had a small internal like battery charger thing in it. So it would, it would, I don't know, it's not called, it's not a battery charger, but like it would um, store a little bit of the electricity in it. Mm-hmm. So like in case the batteries died, you, it would be able to warn you. It was just, they were malfunctioning. And instead of warning you that the battery is dying, they were just doing random like noises. It was one of those like genuinely just the worst thing, right? Yeah, that's like making it so if a gun is about to run out of ammo, it launches the ammo backwards at you. <laughs> could, you could you imagine the gun's alarm is pulling a bullet back at you? Hey, you're running low on ammo. Here's some more for you. Would you guys like to hear a uh, scary thing? Gladly. So, one of the, uh, my state has one of the most haunted, uh, graveyards in the, uh, in the West. It's so incredibly haunted that at midnight on a full moon, it's said by someone that's actually gone there before, they went there. You know, uh, I don't actually know if it was midnight. I think it may have been the witching hour, three o'clock. They went there and it was a full moon. And they ended up feeling intense pain. And their friend ended up like, like they ended up having their friends look at where they felt the pain on their back. And their friend uh, like lifted their shirt up and they had like, they had like a bloody like, like, it looked like someone just scraped their nails against someone's back, and it was, like, bleeding. Ooh. You'll see a lot of scratches and things like that at um, really haunted places. Um, we've had people pushed. We've had people, like you said, you know, scratch the places. Um, I remember we had a lady knocked down. Um, hmm. You hear a lot of people saying, like, they're getting their hair pulled. Yeah. And, and most of the times, it's just people where the spirits wanted to get your attention. They don't mean to be malicious about it. It's just like, if you're like, and you're, you're, what a spirit pretty much is, is just like energy corporealized or whatever. Mm-hmm. If you're just energy, what do you, what, you can't physically touch something. So you got to do what you can. You know, sometimes you'll have like a camera, right? That you know, you just put fresh batteries in like a minute before you started recording and it's just dead. Though. If it does keep doing things that are harmful, there is a chance that it could not be a ghost. In fact, some mm. other type of entity. Mm. Yeah. Like, for instance, I personally made a deal with a succubus because I kept having a run-in with her. And it's a interesting story. Um, there is some that is uh, a bit NSFW, but I can leave that out if you guys would like to hear it. I'm, yeah, I'm good with it. Very curious. So, a couple years ago, um, I started realizing I was waking up with bruises. Nothing had happened on that spot the day prior. And, you know, like, I don't really 
move around a lot in my sleep or anything. So I'm trying to wonder what, like, what's causing that. Um, and then I start having, I start noticing a theme where around the same time, each dream, I have a woman that each dream, she's like different, but in each dream, I have somebody that I fall in love with or have a love interest with or have a crush on. And then hmm. it's interesting because in each of the dreams, that woman isn't someone that actually exists in this world. Like, if you went and you looked at everyone on planet Earth, she would not exist. Each of them would not exist. So, mm -hmm. then I start to think to myself, okay, this is weird. Two things like this, a little suspicious, happening at the same time. You know, what could it be? Um... And then I get an answer one day when I wake up and this is something that I could show you guys after the stream. Um, not really stream, but, you know, pre-recording anyway. Um, there is a, I wake up and there is a scratch on my left arm on the forearm that 100% looks like a cross. I even went to my friends that were skeptics that didn't believe in the supernatural, and they even said, yeah, that looks like a cross. It was so noticeable that you could take a picture of it and send it, and you could see it. That, all those things combined, was making me think, okay, this seems like a succubus. And then, uh, I got my answer. When, um, this morning, well, not this morning, but this one morning, I woke up and, um, it, there was a certain smell in the room as if one had intercourse. And let me just say, it was smack dab in the middle of pandemic. and. I'm very lonely, so that's not what happened. It was very interesting, weird, so then I started to realize this probably is a succubus, so then I wanted to see what my witch friend thought I should do. My, well, my practicing witch friend, you know. Hmm. So I hmm. ask her, and she tells me that what I should do is stage my room, and in my uh, Book of Shadows, I should write some sigils of protection and not, and try my best to try to not contact her. I did not take her advice oh, because no. <laughs> I realized something. This succubus, even though I've been slightly harmed, I have not been fatally harmed. I feel a bit exhausted every morning, mind you, and sometimes wake up with bruises, but I have not been fatally harmed. And I have also thought to myself that from several times before in my life, I have been kind of um, different, like supernatural things have been attracted to me. So I thought, 
if I were to talk to her and we became friends, maybe they would not come after me anymore. And also because she seemed nice in my dreams. So I wrote in my book of shadows, basically saying, you know, would you like to be friends? Because then if she does want to, then the way that I saw it is it would be mutually beneficial in a sense. Um, and that night I then ended up having a dream where, uh, a witch, uh, ended up asking me if I wanted to be her apprentice. And then she kind of like showed me the ropes and we hung out for the entire dream. And I kind of took that as a yes. And since then, I have been bruised not as often. I do wake up feeling exhausted, but I've also noticed less supernatural things happening around me. I... Whoa. So, I, I'm very much a... I, I'm on the... So as an investigator, I'm, I'm more on the side of, like, the scientific aspect of everything. I will say this. I never discount someone's beliefs. how something works. Uh, I will call something out and be like, that shit's dangerous. Um, but if it works, you know, if it works and it, it helps you. You know, I, I hate seeing investigators who, who do this thing where it's like, um... You shouldn't practice that because it's dangerous or it's not real. Like, yeah, sure, science may not be able to explain something. Doesn't make it not real. You know, we're still trying to figure out things in space. Doesn't make it not real. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very much if if I can't explain something with the science, it's just it happened. I can't, I can't explain it, but it happened. Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, mm-hmm. for example, um, I am, I am very much of the mindset of don't fuck with the Ouija board. Don't mess with it. Whether you believe in it or not, don't mess with it. When we used to do investigations, we have, we had people who come, excuse me, I got take ups. We'd have people who would come with the Ouija board and I would tell them, you can't use that here. You need to leave that in your car. We, or you can like leave and we'll give you a refund. My, my belief is that you're coming into a place, right? Where there are spirits that are obviously aggravated that you're there. Um, anybody that's been alive long enough to see a Ouija board or some version of a Ouija board, be it with the paper and the cup thing... Uh, chalk in a cup thing, you like to write the letters out and whatever, some version of it, know what it is. Mm-hmm. And they know that it's very stressful mm-hmm. for even just living people. It's very stressful. So you can imagine for like a spirit, it's stressful as well. Why would you use that then to communicate with the spirit, stress them out more, aggravate them to mm-hmm. the point that they might do something aggressive, dangerous, or harmful to you? Um, we have an actual test we do instead of the Ouija board, which is just a yes or no question test. 
you take a flashlight and you loosen it up just enough to where a little bit of pressure will turn it on. Mm-hmm. And if it turns on, that's a yes. If it turns off, that's a no. It's a simple yes or no question thing. It's less stressful for the spirit. They don't see the Ouija board thing. They don't get stressed out. We don't get stressed out. It's not as dangerous. Everybody wins. Yeah, yeah. everybody wins. It's not as dangerous. Um, I say this even though as a kid, I messed with the Ouija board quite a bit. Had my own share of experiences that... Uh, so, like, when I was a kid, about 14, 15, me and my friends who went to... Um, the train tracks near us up on the train tracks uh there's this abandoned building that is i think it was an old like station for like the train to stop at and like pick whatever up it was old it was decrepit um we took the ouija board there and we started using it and like a lot of things were being thrown around it was just crazy we took that same ouija board and i think i don't remember if it was like a, a rule or whatever so like call me out on this but is or isn't um I don't think I don't remember if you're supposed to break the Ouija board and then burn it, or if you're not supposed to break it and then burn it. Um, we broke it and then burnt it, and then we just kind of threw it away afterwards. Like, what was our left hand? Close contact first. Yes, we did. That what we followed, but we broke okay. it, we burnt it, and then we threw it in like a trash can on the way back home. Like a week later, we're just kind of like riding our bikes, and um, I get a phone call from my mom, and she's like, "Hey." You left the Ouija board out on the table. Can you come home and put it away? I don't want to touch it. That's oh my gosh. And I'm like, Mom, we threw that out like a week ago. <laughs> and she's like, ha ha, funny, funny, get home and take care of this. So we get home. It's like, you could see where it was burnt, kind of, like around the edges. We put it in the box. We like duct tape it like really tight. And just stored in the attic. It's still to this day. It is. It hopefully, uh, unless somebody like saw it in the attic and moved it. It's in that attic, in the far back corner of that attic to this day. Hmm. From what I know, we did not bring it with us. We put it as far back as we could. Well, I have noticed that the people who are the most against Ouija boards are the people who have used Ouija boards. Also, uh, to add on to my whole succubus situation, I'm sending you guys the not-safe-for-work uh, thing that kind of sold the succubus thing via DMs. <laughs> yeah, that so. would do it. Oh, that yeah. Would be, yeah, that'd be that'd be uh, enough evidence for me. And it was found um down there. Mm-hmm. So yes, yeah, checks out. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm not for I am strictly never going to use a Ouija board, um, because. Though I have not had a personal uh, experience with it, uh, my mother told me about hers. Her and about four friends or so were using it once and, you know, asking normal questions and stuff, but they forgot to close out the... They forgot to close out. 
And that ended up being really bad because if I remember correctly, I think the weeks after that, a couple of them ended up dying through car accidents. And then my mom ended up getting a very bad car accident as well. Oh my gosh. Needless to say, Ouija boards have a saying that comes with them. When you use a Ouija board to try to contact someone, even if you're trying to contact someone specific, the person that you're going to end up getting or the thing that you get, not necessarily going to be what you want, nor is it going to be something that you wish you had talked to. Mm -hmm. There's lots of... There's lots of... What's the word? Um, malevolent forces that mm. usually see that at uh, see it as a gateway because you're basically opening contact between their world and ours. Which is why whenever you use a Ouija board, you always then have to finish it by stating that you are finished and saying very kindly, thank you for the chat, you know. Um, and basically say that you're going to be ending the, you know, you're going to be ending the conversation, uh, that sort of thing. I don't 100% remember how to close it out because I've never used them. I never plan to use them. Uh, and I have different methods for dealing with supernatural things. I remember it was just, you just like, you, you thank the spirit for their time. You say goodbye. and. You have to say goodbye at the same time. It's like I say goodbye, but like you guys don't. It don't work. You have to say goodbye at the same time. It's basically Ghost Omegle, but if every stranger on Omegle knew where you lived. Yeah. So like I, I, I love how you mentioned um the malevolent forces thing, right? When we do our investigations with the groups, if the tours and whatever, we have like some simple rules, obviously. You know, if at any point you want to leave, let us know. We'll walk you down so you can leave. But the main, like, the main gist of the rules that we have are um, when the group moves, you have to move with us. Um, stay together with the group. Um, if you hear something calling you, don't go towards it. Um, it's usually not good. And if you push the spirits, expect them to push back because they will push back. Um, we demonstrated this once because there's there's a spirit at one of these places that we do tours at. Um, he was a guy who liked to do party. He's generally a nice guy, but he was like very serious. Um, it was he was one of those old guys who were like, if you show me respect, I'll show you respect. But if you don't, I'll give it back to you tenfold. Um, we demonstrated this because we were in his room. We threw a lot of private parties. And we had the spare box on the floor and we're not really getting anything. We were sitting for like an hour and we're like, all right, so and so, it's time for us to go. Dang hiccups. Sorry. Um, all right, so and so, it's time for us to go. If you have anything to say, now's the time to say it to this group before they leave. And all you hear is clear as day the word, what? Now, for those who are, are listening and don't know what a spirit box is, a spirit box is a device used to communicate with spirits that um, rapidly flips through AM channels. 
um, I think it actually goes in reverse. But it'll say words. It, like The spirit will take words from like the radio as it's going. And you kind of have to listen for like sentences formed from these words. And the one way you know if it's a spirit and not just the radio is you'll never hear swear words on the radio. Um, we're sitting there. We hear the word what? Clear as day. And I just, for some reason, in my idiocy, goes, what? That's all you have to say is what? Really? And as everybody's leaving and we're packing this thing up, you hear from this small little box, fuck you. And that's it. You you should not hear that from this this device flipping through radio channels. It's just loud as day. You know? And I'm just like, well, okay, I've earned that. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I looked up how to close. So uh it depends on you know there's there's the way that everyone should do it uh when you're done with the session intentionally slide the planchette to goodbye and then remove your hands uh but also depending on how safe you want to be apparently if you wrap in plastic horizontally vertically and then if i remember correctly diagonally as well and then you put it in aluminum foil Apparently, that can be extra good. Mm-hmm. I've heard people but, say, yeah. like, if you store it to not store it in your, you're technically supposed to store it where, like, the ground is solid. So you could put a circle of salt around it, too, which I, I've never known anybody to do. Um, I guess if you're, like, using it for, like, serious stuff, besides, like, using it as, like, a, like a game thing, like some people use it for. I can see the salt circle, but like, again, I've never seen anybody put a circle of salt around the Ouija board before. Mm-hmm. Have you guys ever had any experiences with mirrors? Trying to think. I always um, try to not look behind me when I look in a mirror. Like, Look behind me in a mirror. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever had any paranormal experiences specifically with a mirror, but there was one building we investigated where a mirror was um, in one of the rooms we were in, but like nothing really major with it. It was just like spooky mirror and a spooky room kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know of a spooky a spooky thing you can do with your brain and mirrors. Um, so in, in low light, it gets hard for your brain to recognize facial features and it'll kind of like warp them. If you have like the light turned, I don't know how like low you need to have, but if you turn it down just low enough and you look at your reflection in a mirror for long enough because of the low light and how it's your brain works, your reflection will start to kind of like warp and get like this kind of like spooky kind of look to it, then it's it's not mm-hmm. the paranormal, it's just like how your brain works. It's like, you know yeah. that test where it's like, stare at the center of the screen, it's got two faces kind of like flashing rapidly, different faces appearing on like the right side and the left side, and they start to warp, or whatever. It's the same mm-hmm. thing. It's, it's the exact same thing. Because I've always been afraid of mirrors in the dark, and they give me like, just an extremely like, 
foreboding sense, but I've never had any bad experiences with them. So I was just wondering if that's just my silly brain. Um, I'm trying to rack my brain to see if we if I had any other instances with mirrors, but I don't think I did. Um. I so I I have what's known as pediophobia. Uh pediophobia is the fear of dolls. Uh for mm-hmm. me specifically it's porcelain dolls. When I was a young kid, about eight to twelve years old, my oldest sister, uh so like context wise, we have this aunt who we haven't talked to in a while because it's just kinda like too far to talk to her. Uh, she used to give my sister porcelain dolls. My aunt mm-hmm. gave her one of those life-size porcelain dolls. The like, I think they're like four foot, four and a half feet tall ones. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, and I remember being home alone, and just dolls had just constantly following me when I was mm-hmm. like, whatever room I would, it would just like. Like, I, I wouldn't see it turn, right? Like, I wouldn't look at it and it would like, be following me. I would, it was in the living room against the walls, so, like, it couldn't break. Because mm-hmm. obviously it wasn't cheap. I would go to, um, so, like, if it was, like, facing the wall in front of the rent, I would go to my room and I would come out of my room and it would be looking down the hall from where I was coming. I would go to the kitchen, I'd come out of the kitchen and it would be facing the kitchen. Stuff like that, right? Nope. <laughs> I remember. That's horrifying. And I, I'm pretty sure this is where my fear developed. I remember one night I was home alone. Um, my mom had gone to like the, the corner store to get something. And I come out of my room and this doll is no longer in the living room. It's now in front of my door. I... You you could imagine as a kid, I screamed my head off, shut the door, and I'm like barricaded in my room. My mom comes home. She's knocking on my door and she goes, Why do I have it barricaded? And I'm like, the doll's out there, it moved. I'm like, I'm like little kid explaining it in little kid talk or whatever, you know, like how you would as a little kid explain things to your parents. Mm-hmm. That yeah. the doll was moved. My mom pulls me out of my room and I'm in like tears. Pulls me out of her room. Bringing over this doll and shows me that there's nothing about this doll that is haunted. It's just a doll. Like there's nothing scary about it. Um, that makes it scarier. Right, it makes it scary. Like so, like my mom never believed me. She still doesn't believe me mm. to this day that that happened. And what makes it even worse is like the next night, my sister had like uh, a sleepover with friends, and they ended up watching Chucky. Oh no! No. So that made it even worse. But like again to this day my mom still does not believe me she knows i'm afraid of dolls does not believe me that happened we don't have that doll anymore thankfully it's gone i'm pretty sure like it broke or something like that i don't remember but we don't have it anymore but, like if i see a porcelain doll I, my body just shuts down i can't <laughs> handle it so i can imagine you'd probably never want to go and see the real life annabelle no no i would not yeah, I feel like I'm probably going to stay very, very, very far away from that entire place. I don't I don't want to be that person. Anna, Annabelle is not something I want to fuck with, whether she's real or not. So I don't want to fuck with it. The Agreed. Warrens, though, the Warrens are over-exaggerated. 
in my opinion. Obviously. Yeah. Um, just... I wouldn't doubt if about 80% of the stuff in their museum is fake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Annabelle, I'm not screwing with. I... It's too much of a risk. Mm-mm. Nope, good. <laughs> Sorry. Honestly, I, I like living. Whether I believe it or not, whenever someone says a demon is tied to this, then I'm just like, nope, let me just not mess with that. Right, like, no, he's like, my my grandmother taught me well enough to leave what I don't know alone. Yeah. If I can't explain it, leave it alone. Like, um, it's, it's just, no, I'm good. Yeah. We, oh, that rem- you just made me remember a crazy story. So, mm. we, like, I, I, I mentioned earlier that we do tours, right? One of the places we used to do tours for was an old naval ship, right? There was like three of them we did tours oh. on from. And there's the really big one, a little one, and a sub, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We give tours to about 12 a.m. And then we're like, hey, three ships. There's areas that you can't get into because they're locked. Go have fun, right? We'll come yeah. get you when we have to. It's like, there's no, like, you, there's no deviating path. It's all on, like one straight line for like a tour thing. Uh, everything is that you can't go into is locked off, and like there's rooms that like are like small like rooms, but they only have like one way in, one way out kind of thing. Um, yeah. I had two experiences this one night, the same night. We, me and this other girl, were on the, um, she's a tour guide as well. We're on the the middle ship, the small one, and we're on the top deck. The rest of the, the group and like the tour group are doing their own things, investigating whatever they want. And we hear this very loud thud, and it ro- kind of like rocks the boat a little bit. We hear this loud thud on the boat, and we go down and we're like, hey, did you hear this loud thud? Nobody heard it. Nobody else heard it. What? So we're like, okay. <laughs> kind of, yeah, kind of the same. It was like a loud like, metallic thud on the side of the boat. The boats, by the way, are like, anchored mm-hmm. um they, they can't go anywhere they don't move um so we're like we'll we'll make note of it and just leave it we're not gonna look into this anymore yeah i'm just like i don't want to be on this boat anymore though so i go my stupidity instead of going onto solid ground instead of getting off the boats is to go onto the bigger boat oh <laughs> now oh, no. on the big on, on the bigger boat, for safety reasons, you can't get up to the main deck. Or not main deck, but um, where they steer the boat. I don't, I don't know what it's called. You can't get up there. Right. Um, that entire area is, like, locked for obvious safety reasons. Mm-hmm. It was about 3 in the morning, end of the night, time to get the group and everybody off the boats so we can all go home and whatever. They send us to start collecting people. I think it's like three or four people per boat. Uh, except for the sub. I think the sub was like one person because it's like so tiny and just like a straight line. You just like get in the sub and then shout, hey, it's time to leave. And people come out. Um, I'm on the big boat. I'm walking around trying to get people to come out the boat. And I get some people like, hey, time to go. I start to head out and wrap it up and let's go. There's a part of the boat where the med bay is and um i'm walking towards it and i just start to like kind of get like 
dizzy, but not like I'm gonna pass out dizzy. More of like a cloud of confusion is just I'm like kind of engulf me, I guess. Mm-hmm. In a sense, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm I'm walking, and I'm like I know I need to go somewhere. What am I? I'm supposed to go somewhere, right? And next thing I know, I'm in an area of the boat where I'm not supposed to be. It's supposed to be like you can't get there. Um, I had, could not recall how I got there. They had to send. Uh, they had to get the janitor to come get me because he knew how to get to where I was. Like I remember snapping out of the confusion, not knowing where I was, calling the head of our group and going, "Hey, I, I'm on the boat, but none of this looks familiar." So they like turn the power on for the boat, turn all the lights on, and they check in like the, the like the, the cameras or whatever to find out where I am. They find me. The janitor comes in, comes to get me, and he goes, man, how did you get here? Like, how did you open all these doors? I go, I don't remember opening any doors at all. I go, I literally was walking towards, I think, the med bay last I checked, and then I just don't remember nothing. They would not let... Kind of, like, I I wouldn't say, I don't ever want to say, like, I was possessed because that just kind of, like, gives people this kind of, like, negative viewpoint on spirits. Like, oh, they'll just possess you left and right. And it's like, no, that's not how that works. It was more so, like, guided, I guess. Um, They would not I let me you. on that big boat. Like, after that, I was not allowed to be on that big boat anymore. <laughs> I could only go on the little one and the sub. For, sure. my, for my own safety. They told me it was for my own safety. Mm-hmm. The, the janitor was like, it. it seems that the sailors of the ship either have taken a really big fondness to you and don't want you to leave or they don't like you and want to hurt you. Ooh. You're not allowed on this boat anymore. I was yeah, told very right, I was told very sternly by this like this this janitor who you could tell had been in the navy for a long like he had like the thick mustache like the thick handlebar mustache and like the thick arms, but like the the old man beer gut kind of going on. His mustache had muscles in it. I yeah. mean, his mustache his was beating me muscles. up. <laughs> the ghosts had muscles. He, I swear, if you gave him like like the the Popeye pipe, it would have been like a dead ringer for Popeye. But he was like, he, the way he said it was like so matter of fact. Like you're not allowed on this boat anymore. And I'm like, you ain't got to tell me twice. Yeah. Yep. It was crazy. Uh, you actually reminded me of another experience I had at the... An, oh, uh, two experiences that I had at the school that I went to for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, then after once, these, we're probably going to have to end the episode. Uh, oh my gosh, so much time has passed. Oh okay, yeah, it's um, been a lot of fun. We might have to have I'll, a part two sometime. <laughs> yes. I'll try to keep it short. So um the first one was I woke up late. Um lights coming in the window. It is daytime, unmistakably daytime. And I'm late for class. So I'm rushing to get ready. 
and I go outside or, you know, I leave my room and I'm running down the steps. Now, something that you need to know about these dorm buildings is that they have alarms on them so that if they are open during specific hours, um, I think it was like between 8 p.m. and 7 a.m., um, alarms would go off to prevent, you know, like little children from running off and stuff like that. So I rush out. And as I enter the quad, it's dark. It's no longer daytime. There's mist hanging in the air. It's early, early morning. The sun hasn't risen yet. And I find a monk and I'm like, hey, dude. Hello, monk. What time is it? And he's like, oh, yeah, the the 5 a.m. bell just rang. And I'm like, okay, thanks. The alarm for the building should have gone off. If I, if it was 5 a.m. So I was like, I don't know what just happened. Um, I let myself back in the building. Alarm doesn't go off for some reason. I go back up into my room and I just sit and I wait. And then at 6 a.m. My uh, like wake up alarm goes off. And I was like, what just happened? Um, so I was not late for class. I am never late for class. I was very punctual. (laughs) I think that the ghosts knew that and they were like, "Mm, we got to put this girl back in time. Yeah. And then another experience that I had, um, was in the church. Um, so they do communion there. And as, a Before communion started, I had this vision that the cross was bleeding and I had this urge that I needed to be up there to catch the blood in my hands to prevent it from touching the ground. And I was like, no brain, this is crazy talk. So obviously I stayed where I was. And then during communion, someone dropped the wine and it was like blood dripping. Yeah. Huh. And so they had to have a whole uh, special like procession to clean it with holy water and stuff. And I was like, oh, I was supposed to be there. I was given the vision and I didn't follow through. Ah. Mm-hmm. Wow. I would be terrified, like, honestly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, where's the punishment? Where's the punishment? <laughs> Like I, I'm sorry if I had a dream where like that happened and I went there and that happened, I would never go to church ever again. <laughs> like I would never, like you would never see me in a church ever again after that. Like no, like this is clearly a warning that I should not be here anymore. Thank you for your service. I appreciate it. Have a good day. You'll never see me again. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. this is scary. <laughs> good. And then I, Mm-mm. well, I guess to close, you know, I just, I, I took notes on like stories that I wanted to tell. So to close the podcast on a light note, for the longest time, I thought jackalopes were real. They're not? No, they're not. 
Somebody um, somebody got a rabbit and an antelope, and they put the antelope horns on the rabbit, and they were like, haha, look, it's a jackalope, and then people believed it. I believed it. I want to still believe it. Oh, my you God, can believe yeah, it. you're right. Jackalopes are adorable. Mythology. I know. I learned it on yeah. a... On another podcast, because they had a, I think it's um, Myths and Legends does a mythical creature of the week. And they were like, this week's mythical creature is the jackalope. And I was like, no, you can't tell me that. Oh, you know what could be? There's a what virus is- that makes uh, animals grow horns. Maybe it's it's called the uh, uh, papilo, uh, papilloma virus. It makes animals grow horns. I'm wondering if sometime someone saw a rabbit with the papilloma virus and thought it was a jackalope and started calling it that. Ooh. Would be. Also, I mean, do I think not possible. look up rabbits with papilloma virus. It's horrifying. And now I just really wish I had never seen this because this is awful. I really hate this. This is real body horror shit. You know, now just said that everybody listening to this is going to go do that. <laughs> Unfortunate for them. It's like, so uh, I know we have to end soon, but like, I watch a lot of videos called iceberg videos. Basically, an iceberg real fast is like a topic, and at the top of the iceberg is like well known information, and at the bottom is like obscure stuff. The people that do the icebergs are like, hey, don't go look up this really obscure, obscure stuff, it'll haunt you. And you know, the minute they say that, some guy or some girl is going to go look it up just yeah. to like see. So it's like, why would you say that? Had you not said it, nobody would go look it up. You say, don't look this up. And then everyone in the audience be like, right. It's I like, <laughs> I don't get it. Like, you're watching the video, it's creepy. Why would you go look it up to watch the video that's creepy? Humans do tend to be curious by nature. Humans are interesting. Well, I appreciate you guys coming to the podcast and sharing your lovely, terrifying supernatural stories <laughs> with me. Mm-hmm. It was fun. Yes. And it was nice I, to meet you, zombie. Likewise, it was nice to meet you as well. I look forward to us hopefully doing this again sometime. I'm free whenever to do it again. All right. Well, this has been episode five, The Supernatural, of AI Don't Understand podcast with Luna and Raven. Or, you know. Anyway. Hey, yo. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Thank you so much, you two, for joining me. Mm -hmm. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Thank you. All right. And listeners. I hope you guys have a lovely day, and the next episode is going to be recorded Tuesday. It's going to be on the subject of angels. Very interesting. All right. Well, hope everyone enjoyed it. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.